وإذا الجبال سيرت وإذا الجب وإذا العجال وثلت وإذا الوحوش هجرت وإذا البحار سجلت وإذا النفوس سوجت وإذا الموؤودة سئلت بأي ذنب قتلت وإذا السوق نشرت وإذا السماء فشتت وإذا الجحيم سئلت وإذا الجنة أسلفت علمت نفس ما أدرت فلا أقسم بالخنس الجوار الخنس والليل إذا عسعس والسبل إذا تنفس إنه لقول رسول كريم ذي قوة عند ذي العرش مقيم مطاع ثم أمين وما صاحبكم بمجنون ولكن لآل باللقط المبين وما هو على الغيب بالعنين وما هو بقول الشيطان الرجيم فأين تذهبون إن هو إلا ذكر للعالمين لمن شاء فمنكم أي ولا تشاءون إلا أن يشاء الله لك العالمين سلك الله العليم السلام عليكم ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا 
إنه من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله بلغ رسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة وكشف الغمة وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون the bountiful, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship, adoration, praise, prostration, and bowing except Allah, the creator and sustainer of the heavens and the earth, and I bear witness that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is his final messenger. Today, is a, today marks the official start of the Hajj pilgrimage, as all of us are aware, as we stand here on this blessed Friday, millions our sisters and brothers from across this earth, many from this community have descended upon the camp of Mina on this first day, this 8th of the Hijjah, the first official day of Hajj, marking this period of six days of intense worship and devotion to Allah, a journey like no other in our lives. And it's an amazing thing to think that we're standing here in the community, that they're there in the plains of Mina. And in these tents, a day in which they begin their journey doing nothing but anticipating what's coming next tomorrow, insha'Allah. This day comes on the heels of an enormous period of preparation that mimics our lives, just as our lives are very busy and they include lots of, lots of hustle and bustle and we're inundated with responsibilities and planning and concerning ourselves with with our tasks. Similarly, our hujjaj, the pilgrims, have been engaged in this intense preparation months in advance, in advance as they signed up for, for the trip, as they explored which package to pick and go through all that trouble through figuring out, taking out vacation time, time out of their you know work and figuring out what they're going to do with their children and who's going to come, who's going to go next year and how much money we have, all that mental preparation followed by the anxiety of thinking, what do I need for that trip? And doing their homework and learning, burdening that anxiety of having to figure out how do I do Hajj, right? And we're all concerned about the technical aspect of Hajj. And many, and I've seen this firsthand, people that speak to me about preparation, preparing for Hajj, and their question constantly is, how would I guarantee that my Hajj would be accepted? And they're always overwhelmed with this concern. All that until they finally find themselves in the Holy Land. And before this eight day of the Hijjah, we know very well for those of us who have been there that what they're busy with is intense worship, including performing Umrah, performing Umrah. So the Hajj itself is preceded by a set of rituals that are very intense, including going around the Kaaba seven times, doing the Sa'i, going to possibly Medina, it's a lot of movement, it's a lot of work, and here you are with three, four million people doing all of this. All that is preparation. All that is preparation for today and tomorrow. And Hajj hasn't even begun. SubhanAllah. And today, something extraordinary happens after this intense period of activity and preparation. The Hujjaj are asked to come to an abrupt stop. The pilgrims are asked to come to an abrupt stop that culminates tomorrow on the day of Arq. And the Prophet tells us, Al-Hajj Arafah, all this Hajj, all this preparation, all this exhaustion is about a single day called the day of Arafah in it is Hajj. This is the central day, this is the culmination point, this is the highest, most crucial point of the Hajj journey. And you know what these millions of pilgrims are asked to do on that day after all that work? Come to an abrupt stop and minimize Minimize the rituals. Minimize the salah. In fact, on the day of Arafah, which is occurring tomorrow, inshallah, the salah of the pilgrims is combined. They combine Dhuhr and Asr. On the plains of Arafah, they go to this valley that has nothing but a, but a, but a mountain, a small mountain. Its name is, its name is the, the mountain of Arafah, where the Prophet 
conducted or delivered his sermon to some hundred thousand Muslims at the time. And it was his last Hajj. And his message was resounding. That's the day that witnessed that sermon of the Prophet and witnessing the blessing of Allah when he completed his faith, completed his faith on that day, completing the rituals of the faith, completing Islam and the favor upon all of us, all happened on that day. On that day, they're asked to combine the prayers and not increase their devotional acts in the form of salah, nor are they asked to fast unlike us. Here, we're encouraged to fast on that day, not the hujjah, not the pilgrims. They're not supposed to fast. They're not supposed to pray extra. Wait a minute. Isn't all of Hajj about devotion to Allah and rituals and so on and so forth? No, no, no. All that is a training for them to come to this complete stop and do nothing but raise their hands to Allah and ask. Raise their hands to Allah and ask. And you see this incredible scene. Earth blanketed by people either laying down or standing on their knees, or sitting down, raising their heads to the heavens and asking them, pleading with Allah with tears rolling down their faces. That's all you see. And the question is, why? Why come to this abrupt stop? And what is it about this extraordinary day? This is a day in which the pilgrims get to witness the greatest of the blessings of Allah. This is a very special day that you can look at as, a, as, a, as, as a, an inflection point, a turning point in one's life. This is a day of transformation, not superficial day in our lives. That's why Allah called it the Hajj. This is a day about which the Prophet tells us of the promise of Allah. That these pilgrims, when they raise their hands, they're asking for the fulfillment of that promise. What is that promise? And we need to remember it today. We need to think about it before tomorrow comes because we too stand to reap the blessings, the enormous blessings of tomorrow. And it is for everybody because Allah is so generous. Allah wants us to remember that. So what does he promise, subhanahu wa ta'ala? This is a day in which the Prophet says, He says, There is not a day in which Allah is more, is more likely to free someone from the hellfire completely, forgive them completely than this day. There isn't any other day. This is a day about which the Prophet ﷺ says Allah is so happy. Allah is so happy with his servants that he looks at his own angels in the heavens and starts to boast about the people of Hajj, the people who have descended upon the plains of Arafah begging and pleading with Allah Azza Allah is so happy with their effort and their sincerity and their exertion that he turns to his own angels to boast about them. Can you imagine in that moment, tomorrow, as people cry and plead and wonder about the mercy of Allah, that Allah simultaneously is boasting about them, telling his angels, look at my servants, they come to me from every corner, disheveled, filled with dust, they're exhausted, they're fatigued, for whose sake? For his sake. So he's telling his angels, look at them, they come to me from every corner, filled with dust, disheveled, and you know the state of a pilgrim after a few days of hajj, right? What happens to us? It's very exhausting, and you're fatigued from the movements, from the millions that are crowding the, 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 the sites of Arafah, and it gets to you. It's overwhelming. And Allah says, look at that state. Bear witness that I've forgiven the complete. Bear witness. It's a glorious moment. Why else would Allah talk about it as such? Did Allah need to speak to the angels about it? Absolutely not. But Allah is declaring to the heavens. For you and I to know how dear you and I are to Allah, how precious the little efforts are to Allah and how much you and I need them. This is a day in which we get to witness this. This is a day about which the Prophet says that whoever does his hajj faithfully in a good way, and indeed hajj is arafah, Allah will cleanse that person such that they look like the person who is just newly born. The baby who's newly born. Can you imagine having an opportunity to start a new page in life as such? That you've reconciled yourself with your entire past. And how burdened are we with our pasts, our deficiencies, our shortcomings, our mistakes, and the grief that comes with that. Allah says, in a moment, I can heal you. I can transform you. That you look like a baby who's newly born. And how beautiful is a new baby. You're looking like a baby to Allah. Innocent baby. 
That's how you start your life. So it is a moment of transformation. This is a real promise of Allah. And how about the shaitan? The shaitan, the, the, the troublemaker, right? To whom we can attribute all this evil that happens on this earth. All this evil that we witness. And Allah speaks of shaitans of jinn and speaks of shaitans of humans. And indeed the human being, when they corrupt themselves, they lose their humanity, they become like others. What's happening with the shaitan, the source of it all? The Prophet وسلم, speaks of him and he says, he says there is not a day in which the shaitan is seen more belittled, number one, belittled. He looks so little. He shrank in size, in his influence. There is not a day in which he is seen more belittled, more defeated, athar, defeated, conquered, nor more humiliated, disgraced, nor more upset and angry than on the day of Arafah. And the question is why? The Prophet says because of what he has seen, what he has witnessed from the mercy of Allah and his forgiveness for his service. All the work that the shaitan has done to make us deviate from Allah, to give up on Allah, to give up on ourselves and corrupt ourselves and become forgetful. Right? To remember where we're going in this life and who we are and instead of becoming a source of healing, we become a source of harm. All that, when we hurt ourselves in the process. The Prophet says, when the shaitan sees the mercy of Allah that is descending on all of us to heal us from all of this, because that's all he's been busy doing, get us in, you know, in trouble with Allah, Allah says he wipes it all out in one moment. So how can he be more defeated? How can it he be more defeated, more disgraced, more belittled, and more angry than that day? This is the word of the Prophet This is the, the day about which the Prophet says, this is the best of days to make dua. You want to ask? This is the day to ask. This is indeed the day to ask, and the Prophet reminds us, there's nothing like the standing on the day of Arafah. And everybody who goes to Hajj, Attest to this. They'll tell you my experience in Hajj, there was nothing like standing on the plains of Arafah, begging and pleading with Allah Azza And it's no wonder, indeed. The day of Arafah is an extraordinary day, even the name itself suggests to you what's going to happen on that day. Arafah, the name itself comes from the meaning to know, ya'arifu, to know and recognize. Recognize what and learn what. Turns out that all of Hajj. All the rituals of Hajj are not empty. For many of us, they've become rituals, empty rituals. And many of us perhaps emerge out of Hajj the same people. And by the way, Prophet Muhammad spoke about this. And he says, How plentiful are the Hajjaj? How many of them there are, but the real Hajjaj are few. The ones who really understood, the ones who read the lessons, the ones who got closer to Allah, the ones who are, who are humble, the ones who understood are few. So don't be fooled by the numbers. Sure, we're delighted to see millions descending on Mecca. But it doesn't necessarily need its transformation. Otherwise, why is our ummah the same way? Ultimately, between me and you, Hajj is a reflection of us. So it is up to the individual to really understand and seek to learn what Allah wants him or her to learn because it is a journey, ultimately, not of just exertion for nothing, but of transformation. And the day of Arafah is about learning that Arafah to recognize. Recognize what? Recognize what Islam is. Arafah turns out is about the essential pillars of Islam. And what are those central aspects of our faith? Islam to submit internally and externally. You see, Islam has two aspects to it. It has what's called Sharia. Sharia is the way. It's the external way. It's the outward manifestation of the faith. And by the way, there is no such thing as such a thing as a religion or faith without outward manifestation. Many of us in this day and age, in the age of secularization, want to reduce all of religion to just thoughts in the heart. It's fine. Let somebody have just thoughts in the heart. What, what's going to happen? They're going to disappear. It's only a matter of time. Without rituals, without devotion, there is no realness to even the beliefs and the thoughts. They disappear. They become meaningless. 
Similar to the notion of love or kindness, if it's not coupled with action, it disappears. It becomes meaningless. So religion, our faith, has a set of rituals and outward manifestations and a form to it that you have to subscribe to to strengthen that faith in the heart. That's why we do salah, that's why we fast, and that's why we do hajj. It's called sharia. But Islam is about much more than the ritual. The ritual is meant to nurture something in the heart, a reality internal. It's called haqiqah, the truth inside. It's to nurture belief in the heart. That's the goal of those rituals. They're not empty. And what is that ultimate truth that the day of Arafah is teaching all of us, dear brothers and sisters? It's ultimately a reminder that all of these people in Hajj recognize when they are on their knees, turning their hands in the heaven to the heavens, thinking about nothing else, witnessing every single thing around them raising. Even the tree appears to be raising its hands. Even the hands, even the air, you feel it. You sense it. Everybody is so humbled. And what does it make you learn and see? Makes you and I learn and see that we're so weak. It makes us come to terms with our own deficiencies, see and recognize our own weaknesses and deficiencies. See how much we need Allah has doing. And acknowledge, oh Allah, we're so weak. Acknowledge our faults. Acknowledge our missteps. Acknowledge our wrongdoings throughout our lives. And it's okay. Allah expects us to be imperfect. But he wants us to recognize it. Because many of us go on in this life thinking we're perfect. Everybody else is a, it's a self-centered journey. And we know what happens when we're arrogant and when we are dissociated from our true selves. When you speak to an individual who cannot see themselves, you know that you're talking to something that is Allah, monstrous, monstrous. We become monsters indeed when we are disconnected from ourselves. Allah humbles us on that day and makes us see this and wants us to acknowledge that. But what else he wants us to see in this reality of the faith, Islam? To turn and say, La ilaha illallah. No one but Allah. It's not a word. It's something you feel and see. You see the divine presence in your life. Divine presence in your life. You begin to see that there's no hand in our hand of Allah. That you and I cannot do anything without Allah's permission. That you and I own nothing. It all belongs to Allah. That every single thing we have or don't have belongs to Allah and Allah is its source. You see, it's easy for me to say this. It doesn't mean we feel it in our hearts. The day of Arab is a day in which you really get to feel it. I share with you something that happened this week from Hajj. Somebody from our community, a very dear sister who went to Hajj. Her husband stayed behind him, and he gave me a call. And the message, he preceded this call with a message. Collapsed after praying two rakahs, two rakahs at the station of Ibrahim, when she was doing it. You have no idea how much preparation this sister has done. Several months ago, when we were speaking about her starting off her hedge. And she's a young sister. She's not old. Healthy. Fully ready, fully capable, fully strong, taking several members of our family, including elders. One of them is blind on this journey. So she's there on a mission, not just for herself, but so for so many others. Others are dependent on her. Her husband is here with his children. And imagine him now recognizing, learning that his wife collapsed. She lost consciousness and she fell amongst the crowds and they have to take her to the hospital. Now, this is challenging on many levels, right? On the one hand, possibility of somebody being hurt, possibility of somebody losing their health, possibility of somebody losing their lives. That in itself is devastating. But imagine also all that preparation for Hajj, and Hajj is just, is just three days away, it's today. And that was last month or Tuesday, right? Imagine the fear that afflicted her, and I know myself of that fear, and everybody who's been there, the fear of not making it to Arafah. You know what it means? All these thousands that you've spent, all this journey comes to nothing. That's what we think. That's what we think, right? So imagine that fear, and here I am concerned as I was reading the message, and then I called the brother to see what's happening, and all I hear from him, brothers and sisters, were like these tears of joy. And he was crying on the phone, and I thought out of grief, and it turned out to be tears of gratitude. And here he is comforting me on the phone, telling me, Alhamdulillah, for everything that has happened. 
Allah had goosebumps and I still have goosebumps from that moment. Seeing that indeed he was telling me that my wife here, she is in the hospital. And she's still recovering. Recovering, not knowing what's going to happen. Not knowing if she'll make it to Hajj. After collapsing. And he told me all she's saying is Alhamdulillah, the best thing that could have happened. And here's the husband echoing those sentiments and telling me Alhamdulillah that Allah chose for it to happen amongst her family. They took care of her. She's in the hospital. Allah willed it. We're peaceful. And if Allah wills, she'll be up on Friday to perform her hajj, believing in the power of Allah, that Allah doesn't take something away except to test us, and it's the best thing for us. He says that collapse was timed, was perfectly arranged by Allah, alhamdulillah. And he says, may Allah forgive us for not thanking him enough, for the miracles he continues to show us in our lives. And he says, we count on Allah that he'll get her up on Friday. Guess what I get yesterday? text message telling me my wife is up and she's in Hajj, alhamdulillah. She's today making dark for all of us. Miracles of Allah. Why would Allah do all of this? He takes things away from us to test us and make us appreciate him as the source and make us understand there is no strength nor power except with who? Allah, it's not your efforts and not my efforts. On the day of Arafah, that's when we let go of all the rituals and start to just plead. Mimicking what happens on the day of judgment, the Prophet says, None of you enter Jannah with your deeds. Sure, Allah wants us to do the deeds. You have to. But not believing it's the deeds that get us to our destinations. They're important, but they're from Allah. That when you exert any effort, when you move your hands, when you intend, when you give for the sake of Allah, when you pray and get yourself up, and when you cry, even the tear, it's from Allah. I myself have experienced this on the day of Arafah. All the preparation that I've had done for months, me and my family, I'll never forget 10 years ago, 12, excuse me, 12 years ago, on the day of Arafah, I was so exhausted that I thought I had the list of du'as ready. This is the day in which I have to feel it in my heart, right? Like Ramadan, you feel it in your heart. 12, 30, 1 o'clock, we arrived there, around 1 and here I am, I'm exhausted, sitting down to pray to Allah, and no words could come out. No words. And I started saying words, but they had no impact on my heart. I figured, no problem, an hour later, right? An hour later, they'll start. I'll start to feel it. Hour later passed, door passed, nothing. My heart is not feeling a thing. And here I am, I'm looking at people around me crying, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm in trouble, right? Everybody's doing well, and I thought I learned Islam well. <clears throat> I had to wait another hour, 3 o'clock, and imagine the nervousness of thinking mountain of time is at 5, 5.30. After two and a half hours, the du'as of my life are resting on those two hours. I better start feeling something. I swear to you, brothers, four o'clock came and I'm, not, I'm still not feeling a thing. My children are dependent on my du'as. My family is dependent on my du'as. My community is dependent on my du'as. And Mr. Farid is not feeling a thing. How, how do you think, think I was feeling? Allah, brothers, this was the most humbling moment in my life. If you tell me, what did you take, did you take from Hajj? I think, I'll tell you, I took that moment of understanding even my tears couldn't come out for that Allah. And I'll never forget, because many of us turned out, alhamdulillah, in my group, we're experiencing the same thing. Allah chose it to be as such. Just as he made that sister collapse, he made us not have a tear. And all of us started talking to each other like, are you feeling anything? Everybody's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Everybody's recognizing they're in trouble. And we're like 45 minutes to go. So it was suggested amongst us, let's make a group talk. Maybe Allah will give us Allah's generous, right? Let's beg and plead with Allah. Allah versus We prayed together, we huddled up a small group, and we started begging Allah. Crying for Allah to make us cry. And we have no idea what happened. And I'll leave it between us and Allah. In this 45 minutes of my life, is it from us? It's the generosity of Allah. Who tells us just come and plead and ask? But understand it's not from you. <laughs> All that to calm our hearts. Because what is the source of anxiety like? Thinking that people have control over us. Right? Thinking our provision is not going to come. Being afraid and being sad over our children and, and seeking to control everything in our lives and forgetting the source is Allah. So what happens is that when you're meeting these stressors of life, Allah wants, to remember, wants you to remember La ilaha illallah. No, but Allah. No owner, but Allah. No dominant force, but Allah. 
everything comes from Allah. And you better be at peace with what he gives you because it is the best thing. Just as that sister thanked Allah and her husband, it was the best thing they said that she collapsed. How many of us can see the afflictions we have as the best thing that has that have happened? Because we have Allah and Allah got your back. And Allah is sufficient for you. This is Arafah. This is Islam. We ask Allah Azzawajal to fortify our hearts with faith and make us understand the lessons of Arafah. Make us among those who seek him with his remembrance. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salam, wa salatu 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 this is the day. It's tomorrow, inshallah. Millions of people are looking forward to the opportunity of receiving and witnessing that mercy of Allah. And Allah doesn't deprive, He's giving it to all of us to really live Islam. Live Islam and how desperate we are for all of us. Our children need us as parents to really live Islam because the challenges are enormous. And the day of Arafah is about this. It's not just a day, a day about being forgiven because forgiveness is about enabling us to really fulfill our best, to become our best. So this is the day in which we get to see this, and Allah reminds us in the Quran, in Surah Al-Fatiha, He says, none we worship but you. What do we worship? Arafah reminds you, what are your priorities? I can take everything away. Allah can take everything away from us, and it all belongs to Him. What are we concerned with? La ilaha illallah means, my concern is Allah. My object of worship and devotion is Allah. What are we devoted to? Allah doesn't say detach from life. He put us here. Put us here to use his gifts to change this earth for the better. If you and I are absent, then how is earth going to change? Our families need us. That's why we go to Hajj. Emerge as more peaceful, better human beings. It's Islam. So Allah says in the Quran, pay attention to this. Very significant point. Hajj is not mere rituals. Islam is not mere, mere rituals. The rituals are meant to raise the moral substance of the human being. So Allah has says in the Quran, Al-Hajj ashkurun la'alumat. Faman tarada fihinna al-Hajj fala rafata wa la fusuqa wa la jinala fil-Hajj. He says the Hajj isn't prescribed once. And whoever performs the duty of Hajj in the Hajj season, let him or her do this. Three knows to them. Three forbiddance, no engaging in, in, in intimacy with their spouses and hash. We know this. Number two, he says, La fusuqa. Let them not engage in any wicked act, any harmful act. Let them not hurt anyone or be disobedient in any way. And number three, let them not argue. What is that about? Character. Allah literally says, don't harm anything, don't hurt anyone. Don't be obscene in any way, otherwise your hajj is forfeit. What's up? All that mercy we spoke about comes down to character absolutely. It is about motivating us to this higher moral standard, ethical standard, that you're amongst three, four million people, crowded, pressured. A friend of mine, in the first day he arrived there, he says, I just put on my front clothes. Brother Farid, he sent me a message. I can share it with you. It's like, I feel like. Saying a curse word of everybody around me. Right? What? Why is that? Because of the pressure. He's not saying it. And he didn't need our work. I said, hang in there, be patient. Hold on patience. Because it's not experience with us. People are feeling jumping on you, like pushing you, and so on and so forth. You know the deal. It is meant to be like that. It is meant for you to be patient in the midst of that pressure. How else will you grow? How else will I grow? Otherwise, it's just mere words. So Allah says, don't argue, don't quarrel. And how many people do you see quarreling there? Arguing over food, or hotel, or bus, and this, and that. The worst of human beings comes out in Hajj, and the best of human beings comes out in Hajj. The most generous acts come out in Hajj. You see it. The best, the most noble manifestations of humanity come out in Hajj. Malcolm X, as we said last week, was transformed in Hajj. When he saw the rulers are equated with the, with the most poor people, 
men and women, old and young, everybody's level. Everybody's summoned to their best. He was transformed completely. It's a humbling experience. Remind of your humanity, but Allah says, don't harm anyone. With a word, a word can spoil your head. Can you imagine a foul word can spoil your head? Don't hurt anyone with your word, with your body, even with your mind. Our faith is the one that tells us, don't doubt your brother and sister. Think well of them. Why is that? It's a summoning to you and me not to hurt each other even with our thoughts. Look at how we treat each other. That's Islam. That's the second aspect of Islam. And Hajj is all about this. Many of us are occupied with the rituals, having missed out on the greatest thing about Hajj. Turning us into angels. <clears throat> no one is perfect. We're going to come out, come back and make mistakes, but Allah says it's okay. You know the day of come back and ask me what changes. I'll improve you. But keep striving to Allah. And I conclude with this. Hajj is about giving. Hajj is about putthiyah. We see it on Sunday. Caring and showing that affection and care because we have a role to play. We have communities to impact. And our communities and families need us. Isn't it true? And I'm here to remind you that indeed, as we you know, gather here as a community in this blessed message, in this blessed community, few months after Ramadan, remember what we've done in Ramadan. Remember how we felt. Remember the blessing, the gift that Allah has given us in the form of this masjid, the Prophet reminds us about giving, giving brothers and sisters salafah, and reminds us when we remember the lesson of Arafah, la ilaha illallah, there is no honor or giver but Allah. And that indeed, as the Prophet, as Allah said in the Quran, that, it, that there is not a time you give except that Allah multiplies and gives. What does that mean? It means that if you expect the healing of Allah, and you need healing. If you expect that comfort to come to you, the abundance from Allah to come to you, the openings in our lives and how desperately we need them, Allah says, strive and give. Strive and give, that is the test of faith. It does rest in character, and it does rest in giving and giving and giving. So Hajj and the Eid is all about giving. And I ask you today, what have we given? What have we given our faith? What have we given our families? And what have we given from our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our pockets, the cause of Allah on this earth, look at what's happening to us across this earth. It demands us to give. And I'm urging you today, please, inshallah, on your way give this message, inshallah. You know, uh, the, the donations are on the low side since Ramadan. And no need, inshallah, to remind you, very aware, inshallah, what your message means and what it requires to run this masjid, and the big project, inshallah, that is awaiting us, inshallah, to expand this masjid, expand this facility, to run the operations of this masjid, because our children need it. We need it. Yesterday, uh, the priest from this church came and visited, the, across the streets, and he's new to this church, and, and the church, by the way, he took me on a visit, it's a very elaborate, massive, it's probably, Allah knows, $15 million, beautiful church. He came here and visited, it's a much smaller place here, not ornamented, not elaborate. You know what he says? He was overtaken. He says, oh my goodness, feels like a home. And he says, wallahi, his word, I wish our place felt like that. Like, or something along those like, I wish it was. It's not, because it's very big. He says, it feels like a home. It's so inviting. It's so heartwarming. Even so, Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen, wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa ala alihi wa sallam. Inshallah, uh, we wish and ask Allah to bless all of us, inshallah, and uh, to make us, inshallah, reap the beautiful benefits of this Hajj season, inshallah. The day of Arafah and then eight, he announces that are very important. First of all, today's Arafah, my sisters, inshallah, will be performing Qiyam this morning, inshallah. So, 12 hours, 3 a.m., inshallah, 3.15, inshallah, we'll be doing Qiyam, inshallah, for 45 minutes, and then have support together. Because this is a day to fast, inshallah, that we're encouraged to fast. I forgot to mention it in the khutbah, we're forgetful, right? Fasting in the day of Arafah expiates the sins of the past year and the future year to give us a head start. SubhanAllah, so generous. He's dishing it out there. Inshallah, push yourself to fast tomorrow and join us for Sahur and Qiyah 3.15, inshallah, this morning. And inshallah, we'll have tough luck, inshallah, iftar tomorrow night. Inshallah, Eid is this Sunday, as you're aware. We'll have two or eight prayers, uh, eight o'clock and ten o'clock, inshallah. The beers begin at 7.30 and 9.30 consecutively. 
parking is you're, you're aware of the situation please follow the instructions as you come in unfortunately we don't have access to the parking in the church because they have services on the inshallah just follow the instructions inshallah everybody will be okay try to park inshallah we need your cooperation inshallah remember Islam is about showing our best character inshallah even when you're even if you're not able to pray because the circumstances when you're coming in no matter what happens show Allah your best show Muslims the best inshallah that's what faith is barakallah people Please, brothers and remember you're in your du'as. Inshallah, our brothers and sisters who are suffering. I mentioned Kashmir in particular because you know the situation. Do not forget your brothers and sisters there. have been suffering for decades. And indeed, the circumstances have been escalated, subhanAllah, and, and they need our du'as and support, inshallah. Our brothers and sisters in Syria, Yemen, Palestine, Bangladesh, everywhere in Africa. Look at the suffering, look at the words. I can't enumerate all the sites. Please forgive me, right? Remember them, inshallah. Make sincere doubt for them. This is the time indeed to do this. Um, inshallah. Uh, okay. So a request, inshallah, for um, healing and recovery for our brother, Tawfiq uh, Nawaz, who is uh, struggling with an illness. May Allah to cure him, inshallah, completely, wrapped in full recovery. And there is a blood drive. Talk about giving blood drive on a picnic, which will be, inshallah, the following Sunday. So we'll have an aid picnic and there will be a blood drive, inshallah, that day finally for us. Please, please donate. We need your help. We need your contributions for this message. Inshallah, keep pushing forward as a community. Last but not least, our beloved, dear, young sister, Sayyidah uh, Shahreen Tishki, who really entertains and beautifies our hearts and souls with her beautiful voice. SubhanAllah, every single Friday. Make dark for her, inshallah, my sister, young sister Shahri. She is so young, mashallah. And her voice is just a gift of Allah. And Allah reminds us of what we can reap, inshallah, when we put forth our May Allah, inshallah, reward her, bless her and her parents and her entire family. Open doors, inshallah, for them because, inshallah, they are amongst us. They are a family from here. Barakallah, people, inshallah. We'll see you, inshallah, tonight. Tomorrow morning, inshallah. And a'id, as-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.